And when I think about how weapons are being used right now for maybe perhaps destruction or even death, we really have to remember how important education is. And that is truly the most powerful weapon that we need to keep in mind that can change the world. There's a lot of beauty in our world, but there are a lot of things right now that are not so beautiful. But education, continuing to educate with grace, patience, and love, only then, I think, can we truly see the difference that we need to see. Welcome to District Leader, a podcast about moving and inspiring educators and non-educators alike to believe in the power of education, its leaders, and its transformation with your host, Luis Valentino. When we think about leading through the pandemic, much of the conversation is focused on our students and teachers being prepared to return to school, whether virtually, in person, or in combination, with a focus on instruction. And while that is a priority, securing the health and wellness of those we serve and lead is as critical. In this episode, we will be talking about leadership with special attention to three very important pillars that connect our guests to the work as she leads through the pandemic. My guest today is Dr. Marta Salazar Zamora, Superintendent for the Tumball Independent School District in Tumball, Texas. In her career, Martha has served as Superintendent, Deputy Superintendent, Chief Academic Officer, and Assistant Superintendent in multiple districts across the state of Texas. She is a member of the Texas Education Agency Commissioner's Cabinet. She is Secretary for the Fast Growth School Coalition and is the past president of the Texas Association of Latino Administrators and Superintendents. Martha earned her doctoral degree at Texas A&M University, two master's degrees at Texas A&M University in Kingsville, and her bachelor's degree at Texas A&I University. We will be getting into our conversation right after our affiliates message. I would like to thank our affiliate sponsors, Audible, the world's largest producer and provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, edX, the trusted platform for adult education and learning, learning resources where their mission is to help kids love to learn, and wiredprofiles.com, education's daily digest. You can learn more about our affiliate sponsors at www.districtleader.net slash sponsorship. Martha, hi, thank you for joining us on District Leader. Thank you for having me, Luis. I appreciate it. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing very well. Honestly, leading up to this, I was a little concerned about whether or not we would even have power because as we know, Hurricane Laura came through our path and there was at one point a concern that it would be coming closer to the Houston area, which is where I work and live. But fortunately, it did not. Unfortunately, for other parts of the state and for uh, Louisiana, it, however, it did not come to the Woodlands Houston area. So um, I'm feeling very blessed tonight and happy to be a part of this with you. So not only are you dealing with the pandemic as part of your reentry, now you're dealing with hurricane. So how are you and your community dealing with that? The reentry in, in light of all of the, I guess, the pressures of mother nature. You know, that's a great question because of this time of the year, any school leader, any district superintendent has to consider the fact that we are 
close to the Gulf. And of course, with that comes the threat. We have had a very active season. Actually, at one point, we had double hurricanes or double tropical storms entering Laura and Marco. And, you know, we had to think about the reality. Could one come? Could both come? What does that look like? It was a three-year anniversary of Hurricane Harvey. And so I will tell you, any school leader, any community individual that lived through that and saw all of the devastation, destruction, and despair, we kind of had to take a deep breath knowing that three years to the date, this was all happening. So just as soon as we were able to take a deep breath and say, okay, we can move on and continue with our re-entry plan, we now have Nana, which is the next storm coming into the Gulf. And so that always leaves you, of course, concerned and very, I would say, just pensive when you think about what that might do to the plan, particularly in a time where we really are counting every minute probably more than ever as we made calendar adjustments. There was a lot going on in our state, just like the nation and other states dealing with what the re-entry would look like. In Texas, we did have to uh, count number of, of instructional minutes and what that would look like in working with the Texas Education Agency. We actually had two different plans here in Tomball ISD, where I'm the superintendent of schools. And the most recent one with board approval pushed our re-entry date to September 8th where our families have two options. One would be face-to-face, traditional brick-and-mortar instruction, and the other is online virtual. And so we're quite happy to be able to provide that to families so that they can have a choice as to what makes them feel better during such a challenging time. But to your point, yes, we are managing a successful re-entry plan during such unprecedented times as an ongoing pandemic and monitoring Mother Nature because we never know whether or not a storm is going to go east or west and continue to you know, cause potential destruction, damage, or of course, torrential rain. So as a superintendent, how do you lead through that challenge? Honestly, the best way to lead is to be proactive and to have the best plans laid out to communicate, make sure everybody is aware of what the plan is and how you enact it and when, to stay communicative through the process as you're planning it while perhaps the event is coming. And then, of course, after. We learned a lot from Hurricane Harvey where we saw such devastation and weren't able to get back into our schools For example, when you, in some districts nearby, when they were looking at the cameras in their schools, they would see books floating down the hallways. We had boats parked outside one of my high schools. I mean, it was an event unlike any other. I've been in public education for over 30 years, and I have been an administrator for over 25 years, and it was certainly the most gut-wrenching experience and frightening, quite honestly. A frightening experience because at the end of it, wanted to ensure that my community, my staff, my students were all safe. As we all know, property damage, all of that, buildings, books, everything can be replaced, but not not life. And so, having to keep that in mind, the best way I think as a leader is to have the plan, work the plan, tweak the plan, and make sure everyone is fully comprehensive and aware of the plan. So as you talk and you share about the importance of being well-planned and well-organized is the health and well-being of your students, your families, and your colleagues, which are attributes of 
great leaders, right? The ability to right. empathize with Correct. those you're leading and those you are serving. And so as we talked briefly before, through pillars that you shared with me was the importance of showing grace, patience, and demonstrating love. Can you speak more about that? I would love to, Louise. Thanks for asking, because this year we thought a lot about a district theme. Unlike, I mean, probably not different than other districts. Every district kind of has a a plan for the year, a theme, somewhat something that they're going to rally behind. And this year, three words just kept coming up in our conversations, in our communications, in our planning. The first thing we thought of was grace. We talked a lot about grace before grades, showing grace and understanding the importance of that, right? Not just with our family that we were dealing with at home, perhaps in a COVID situation where we were at home more than ever before. Yes. Many people trying to do different things at the same time. Grace with others. And just really with grace falling into dovetailing nicely as a second pillar, patience. Being patient with ourselves and knowing that as leaders, we really were dealing, we continue to deal with something that none of us have the expertise of what is the best thing to do. How do you handle this situation? I reminded somebody at the beginning of the pandemic, the last time I felt like this, where I, I, there was a bit of despair, was 9-11. As a superintendent on 9-11, I remember thinking, there is nobody else I can call. There is nobody else that can tell me exactly the best way to handle this. Should everybody be watching this on TV? Should we, you know, how do we best continue during a time of great despair and panic, right? And so when the pandemic started here, we joke about the extended spring break, right? The fact that our students never came back. And then of course that ran into summer and then has continued into our fall semester. Patience continues to be a word because none of us truly knows when we will be COVID-free, will we be COVID-free? But as we continue to work through it as leaders and help people, our students, our staff, and even our community understand that together we will get through this. Things will just be different. There are steps we have to have in place, grace and patience we have to extend so that we can be successful as we manage the pandemic. The last pillar is to me probably one of my favorites, and that's just love. I remind the administrators, we all have to love what we do, right? That might be difficult in a virtual environment. That might be different, difficult yes. when we're not all together and we're not celebrating the traditional Texas football season or things that we're used to doing, right? Love what you do. Love the people that you do this with, right? Love the group that you're working with. And above all, of course, love our district community because our students and our staff deserve that. I think those three words come to mind more than ever before in my career because that's the best way we will be able to manage and not just get through this pandemic, but be successful in grace, patience, and love. And ultimately look back years from now and say, you know, it was a challenge, but we made it through and this is how. So saying that, Martha, do you believe that state guidelines and federal guidelines prepared you to be able to respond in the way (laughs) that you have responded or that would have loved to respond if different? I love the question. I giggled a little because honestly, 
I am a rule follower. I think most leaders are by nature, right? Sometimes we bend or break, but for the most part, we do what we need to. This has been probably the most challenging time as a leader because we are getting a lot of good information, a lot of good direction for people who I want to think mean well, but it has been going in every different direction. It's almost like the hurricane when you get all the models and they're going everywhere and you think, Dios mio, where is this going? Where is the hurricane going? My goodness. That's how this has been a little bit, right? The CDC tells us one thing. Here in Texas, of course, our governing agency, the Texas Education Agency, Commissioner Mike Morath, we get information, of course, from them. Our local health department, we had some orders and some stipulations that we had to follow. Our county judge, even our school boards. Fortunately, I have an extremely supportive school board that has walked through this journey with me, but it has been challenging when the governor of our state says one thing, perhaps another entity says something else. And at times as leaders, we have felt like we are caught in the middle of perhaps a difficult political time. And so during a time where we know that we have a higher percentage of stress and social emotional angst, not just for staff, not just for students, but again, the community, because the district is the heart of the community, right, Luis? This is really something that has been probably the most, uh, I would have to say disappointing at times, because it's been hard to hear all the different important messages of what must happen, and yet they are in so many different directions. So determining what can we do, what should we do, what will we do, with grace, patience, and love. (laughs) So (laughs) that's great. So as you think about those three pillars and the challenges, what can districts do to support families at home? And what can parents do to support their children, where in many cases, parents have to work, they have multiple children at home, issues of device, connectivity, PPE, I mean, you name it, all those acronyms and all those words that have become now part of our vernacular around this pandemic and teaching and learning. What's the quality of the support? Where does that come from and how? So it has to come from us, Luis. We as the leaders in any state, we have to ensure that we do everything we can to really make sure that we don't have a widening achievement gap and that disparity um, doesn't exist. And that can be as basic as feeding our children. We, I think many of us, probably all of us ensured that our children continue to be fed, but it was more than just the basics of food, right? It was also, do they need a device? Do they need connectivity? We've continued, fortunately, the district that I serve, I'm the superintendent of Tomball ISD, and we serve slightly under 20,000 students here uh, in a suburb of the Houston, Texas area. And um, we did have a portion of our community that did not have devices, or perhaps mother and father were working, multiple children, so perhaps they needed multiple devices. We quickly put into place called uh, Park and Learns, where our, any child, any community member could go to any of our schools or a, a number of our schools, park in front and have 24-7 connectivity. We, of course, did hotspots and continue to provide such devices so that our students will be prepared September 8th. As a matter of fact, Luis, what we did as a district, I decided we don't need to pick them up during summer school for those who didn't come to summer school because we knew, we didn't know what the fall was going to bring, 
but we knew there was a need. So versus picking up all the devices and saying, let's put them in a room, we kept them in the hands of our children so they could continue with perhaps my on reading or additional ebook learning or any type of instruction that could be helpful to them, even if they weren't in school. And so fortunately, every child who had a device in the springtime has continued. Any child who now perhaps needs one for a different reason, we will ensure that they have that as well for September 8th as our go back to school date. But that is so very important for all students at various levels. Are there lessons to be learned? I think there are many lessons to be learned. A lot of being prepared, you know, of course, not every district had, fortunately, as I mentioned in Tomball, we had enough devices to distribute. We deployed immediately, but we did not have the hot spots. We had not had a need for that. So always thinking ahead, this might be something that we deal with ongoing or in the future again. So ensuring that we can turn very quickly as we did from a strong brick and mortar, academically high rated school district into a strong virtual environment where we're still providing such rigorous instruction for our students because they deserve that in either platform. Is there a silver lining to all of this? You know, I think the silver lining at the end is, although the pandemic has affected all of us in various parts you know, of the world, we have all been affected. There is a connection there. And I think we can find the silver lining and happiness in knowing that we did serve our students, we served them well, and we continue to do that. That it takes more, I think that more of the families became more involved and engaged in the instruction. They perhaps saw more of what truly happens and what educators do, a greater love and respect for that. You know, there were a lot of jokes We saw them on social media and whatnot, but it is a challenging, rewarding, amazing profession that more people became aware of. And I think that's a silver lining because, you know, Krista McAuliffe, the first educator who went into space so many years ago before the ill-fated Challenger mission stated, I touch the future, I teach. And so everyone, even at home, had the opportunity to teach their child or maybe children in the neighborhood if they came together instruction. And so I think the silver lining was families spending more time together, including our educators spending time with their families, but also learning that we can get through a worldwide pandemic and still do it successfully, educating all students. In that process, one of the things that in learning from other superintendents, but also in my own experience is how we've learned how to pivot better, right? right? We've always done it this way becomes now more of there's an opportunity to think differently about this way. And so for teachers, administrators, but also for central office, when we think about how we reimagine learning for students, when we think about how we reimagine the role that parents play or have played has begun to change. Have you experienced that as well? Oh, absolutely. And I love the word reimagine because We think about innovative ways. This was our time to show that, to be very innovative and progressive and do things that perhaps in the past we didn't think we were capable of doing, right? And so I think that we will take that as students come back in face-to-face and perhaps be able to provide different things, whether it's adjustments to what a regular day looks like or whether it's how we digitally provide instruction while a student is at school 
many different ways, I think. The blinders have been taken off and we know we are better perhaps than we even thought we were. So with that, what advice do you have for our listeners during this challenging time, whether it's a parent, a teacher, a school district employee, to inspire them to remain hopeful? So I would go back to the pillars that we started with. I would remind them that extend grace. We ask grace from others as educators of parents. Please understand, you know, that this is a challenging situation, but you have to give, you have to get as well. So remember grace, have patience through this. And definitely remember, we all went into education because we love it and not only love each other, but remind our students how much we love them because we don't really know how this is truly affecting every child through the social emotional lens. So I think as we remember that, we will be better for it in the end. I know you shared a quotation by Christy McAuliffe, the educator who's an astronaut. Was that the quote you wanted to share with us or is there a quote that? Right, okay, I'm actually gonna share another quote that I have, I've always loved, but I hear it in a different, maybe from a different lens right now. And it's Nelson Mandela. Education is the most powerful weapon we can use to change the world. And when I think about how weapons are being used right now for maybe perhaps destruction or even death, we really have to remember how important education is. And that is truly the most powerful weapon that we need to keep in mind that can change the world. There's a lot of beauty in our world, but there are a lot of things right now that are not so beautiful. But education, continuing to educate with grace, patience, and love, only then, I think, can we truly see the difference that we need to see. That certainly is true. Thank you, Martha. Is there a way that our listeners can get a hold of you to learn more from you via social media, email, et cetera? Absolutely. My email is Martha Salazar Zamora at Tomball isd.net no dots no dashes martha salazar zamora at tomballisd.net and you can also follow me on twitter i'm very active on twitter and that is m underscore salazar zamora m underscore salazar zamora and honestly i am one of the very few people i think that is not on facebook i never have been i chose not two years ago and i decided just to stick with that so no facebook okay great well thank you for that it's great that they will be able to connect with you one of the things that we hope that our listeners take away is that our district leaders are accessible and are always willing to give back Absolutely. It's so important, whether it's another veteran leader or somebody who's just starting off. I actually have to say three individuals that I'm very close to all started within the last two weeks. They've accepted their first superintendency and it's with such pride. Yes, it's so important. And I think we have to, you know, there were people that were there for at least for me years ago. And I want to always make sure to be able to give back as we continue to grow leaders of the future. That's great. Thank you. Well, Martha, thank you so much for joining us. I wish you a great year. Thank you, Luis. I appreciate it. And same to you in Portland, Oregon. It was wonderful to be on your podcast this evening. Thank you. And that was my conversation with Dr. Marta Salazar Zamora. If you would like to get in contact with Martha, contact information will be available in the show notes, along with links to other material covered in the episode. You can find it at districtleader.net.
As I shared with you at the beginning of the episode, health and wellness are critically important. Through self-care and mindfulness, you can better meet the daily challenges. In the resources section of the District Leader website, I have added a set of short documents for you to read, reflect on, and hopefully apply, as well as to share with your colleagues. Hopefully the resources can help you bring about some calm. I will be spending more time on this topic in an upcoming episode. I would like to thank our affiliate sponsors for their support, and thank you for joining us. Don't forget, tell a friend. Thank you.